Hi, everyone. Nate here. Just a little announcement in advance. Yes, I realize it's pronounced Ajancourt. No, I'm not going to go through and correct every single mention of it in this episode. So enjoy Lions Led by Donkeys on the topic of the Battle of Ajancourt, or if you're from Detroit, Agincourt. Henry the V goes, this is my chance. I'm going to rouse my troops. I'm going to do a speech. And he says, we are together in the fight. Me and you boys, and we're gonna murk the French. You will be remembered. You, we will be together. The band of brothers. England, England, England. Let's fuck out the Frenchies. The war kicks off. Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of the Lions Led by Donkeys Hello. podcast. I'm Joe. Nick. Uh, Rich is not with us today, because um, our last week episode was a fucking train wreck. Was it? I liked it. I, yeah, I liked it too, and I feel like that could work for our, like not regular history episodes you know yeah but not normal ones i guess today's normal as normal as any of our shows have ever been are they considered normal for us okay normal's relative yeah i know we're talking about the battle of agincourt uh today which is i don't think we've talked about knights or anything before talked about anything that far back we talked about the crusades kind of yeah a fake crusade uh but before we get to that how have you been? Great. Yeah, we had uh, the book launch of my first sci-fi novel, uh, Citizen of Earth. It uh, was amazing. Like I loved it. Two nights ago now, 17. Oh, yes. So this will be, oh, this is next week. But anyway, yeah, uh, it was really cool. Um, thank you for everybody who came out. Uh, shout out to the old QAnon guy. Yes. The guy was fucking hilarious. Uh, that made my whole event. You know, and Q, they're like the whole QAnon conspiracy theory is like super dangerous. And like there's been people who have been murdered over it. And I definitely wouldn't have taken it in such good stride as I did if it wasn't like a clearly unwell old man. The guy was at least pushing 60 something and he was definitely there alone. He was. Uh, So I didn't tell him to like go fuck himself. Uh, If it was someone more our age and it was much more pushy. Very. I probably would have told him to go fuck himself. I'm just glad that. So he sat he down. Uh, the first encounter was great. He just kind of showed up with a chair and then just sat down between two other guests. I who sent are, him your way. Oh, thank you. Thank you, you fucking asshole. It was great because he's as soon as he brought up Satan and Mars, I was like, I know a guy that you would love to talk to. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Uh, I thought he'd also buy a book, too. He didn't. So I was trying to help you out, too. I mean, on the down low, I was will. If you're going to come up to my stall and say whatever the fuck you want, if you pay me $15 and buy a book, I don't give a shit. I'll listen to whatever. He didn't buy my book. He did take up a lot of real estate. So there's two people at my table who were uh, talking about the book, ask questions like because we had like free cupcakes and and shit like that. We were handing out too because we're weird. And he brought a chair with him. And then just plopped it down in between those two people and just immediately forced himself into the middle of the conversation. It was about like uh, a coup against the president and children were going to Mars, which is kind of like the plot to Doom. 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he said something else, and that's when I immediately just got up and pretended I had to go to the bathroom, and I went into the bathroom for probably 15 minutes. I just sat on the toilet <laughs> and checked Twitter for a few minutes, and I, I came back. It. It and came great. back, he had cornered someone against the wall and was telling him all about shit. And he finally left. But he was like slurring his words. He was probably pretty drunk, uh, also nuts. And like he was wearing the most, it looked like he's wearing uh, glasses that he'd cleaned with like steel wool. They're just scratched as shit and they're all cockeyed. Like he looks like someone who might make a fertilizer bomb uh, for funsies. He looks like he lives in the area. Yeah. And we got really drunk. And handing out books is really fun. Uh, so, yeah. But we are talking about the Battle of Agincourt uh, today, which brings us all the way back to the Hundred Years' War. Uh, one of seemingly countless wars between England and France. Uh, this one beginning in 1337. Okay. So, if anybody's new or isn't familiar with what we do here, I'm not going to talk about the, uh, the entire Hundred Years' War because, of course, I'm not... Uh, Sounds really long. Yeah, yeah, hundred years even. Uh, oh, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, so in true donkey fashion, I'm gonna yada 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 my way through about ninety nine percent of it. Just to get through this one battle. Yes. Uh, like most wars of the day, this is about succession. Uh, the King of England had claimed to the cl- uh, throne of France, and the French nobility had some obvious uh, problems with being ruled by some li- limey fucks from across the ocean. Um, These guys are kind of assholes. Well, I mean, if you go far enough back in time, all the way up until like World War One, even parts of World War Two, uh, it all goes to it goes back to like a whole bunch of inbred royals beefing over turf. Like they're yeah. all fucking related, and uh, it's like makes for some really weird family trees. Yeah, reunions are weird. Yeah, uh, as the as the war raged on, the British had a tendency to win most of the battles. Uh, at at one point, they actually signed a peace treaty in 1396, but France just ignored it. Uh, (laughs) uh, France's King Charles of the time was so insane that he lost control of the throne and uh, caused infighting between the Dukes of Orleans and Burgundy, uh, which eventually brought England right back into everything. He was so, uh, so it was King Charles VI, I believe. He was so fucking crazy. Like he thought he was made of glass and he would break. really familiar. Um, I may have, I learned about him yeah, at he, one point in my he life. He was so nuts. He would uh, randomly, uh, like he was known uh, to fly off the handle and randomly assault people and bark at them like dogs. What? Yeah. Yeah. He's fucking insane. I it's, hope he had a trainer just for fun. No, he would just randomly lash out and hit people with sticks to include his own military commanders and wife. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, I brought you your rope. Ah! I mean... And the the weird part is like I'm not laughing at domestic Sorry, abuse. Sorry, I thought you were an alien. Yeah, uh, like he would just randomly uh, start screaming at people and attacking them <laughs> while also being uh, like a recluse and locking himself in his room for fucking <laughs> weeks at a time. I smell cinnamon rolls. Yeah, he's fucking nuts. <laughs> just throwing um, bases. That's awesome. And he also thought he was made of glass, so he would walk around in like these big poofy clothes in case uh, like he fell over and airbags. broke. Yeah, yield airbags. Uh, he was so nuts he couldn't be in control of his own military. So it kind of fucked up France for a really long time. Uh, so at, at one point, um, everything was going so crazy that both sides took a nice long break in the middle of war to die of plague. Because uh, plague swept through the region. Yeah, um, rats had all five of the stones. It was the fleas on the rats. It wasn't the rats themselves. 
The rats had the stones, though. That's the point. <laughs> the rats did the finger snap. <laughs> exactly. And bam, half of Europe. Uh, which brings us all the way to the year 1415 in the Battle of Agincourt, which is why we're here. Um, uh, King Henry of England formed an alliance with the Duke of Burgundy, uh, getting the Duke to remain neutral as England stomped through France and just fucks everyone else up. Henry, in turn, would give uh, the Duke land and would become the king's vassal with uh, half of the, of the French conflict out of his way, King Henry kind of prepared for an invasion of Normandy. Um, like any competent commander, he got to get as many people as he could, and in this case, it was around 12,000 people. Uh, it was a decent-sized army for the day. Yeah. Uh, I mean, logistics being a pain in the ass for any army in the 13 and 1400s, armies generally were not very big, um, especially ones you're deploying away from home. I always wondered how that worked back then. Uh, it's kind of like a uh, you'd call up, and then you know it's kind of feudal stuff to an extent. Uh, it's not like like you think in like the Dark Ages type feudalism, but you know um, the king of France would ask his royalties to give him men, and those dukes and and all the and which we'll go into a little bit, the nobility would show up with their knights, ah. and England kind of worked the same way. Um, uh, there was also a lot of mercenaries, um, people to fill the gaps. Uh, but England had a little bit more streamlined military system uh, than France. France was going to be playing catch up in the next uh, hundreds of years of conflict that they had ahead of them. But um, yeah, I mean, you, you just had a call up for your the nobility in the region. and They'd show up with men. And also uh, in England in particular, they had a system of like levies in place. Uh, like yield conscripts, but yes. they had bows and spears. Yes. Um, okay. But even still, getting together twelve thousand people, putting them on boats and floating them across the English Channel with that seems like a pain in the ass. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's twelve thousand is a decent number. Uh, he quickly landed and besieged the city of Harfleur, and uh, he expected a quick victory. Instead, what he got was six month long clusterfuck that left uh, about one half of his army dead from wounds and uh, disease because. It turns out in the 1400s, when you send a bunch of men to go camping in the woods, uh, it ends with a lot of them just shitting themselves to death. Yeah, fuck that, dude. Yeah, uh, disease, I mean, throughout history, disease kills more people than actual combat uh, in all wars, but it was especially prevalent back then. they just camp out and would try to besiege a city and said all these illnesses, mostly dysentery, would just sweep through the camps and just fuck everybody up. You want to drink this mud water with me? Yeah, it's yeah, not, sure. It's not like they had fucking germ theory. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know what made you sick, except you maybe you upset God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God's really pissed off at yeah. me. I've been on the shitter for about three hours. Yeah, uh, and I've had dysentery, which I've probably brought up a dozen times on the show. It sucks, and that was with medicine. Like dysentery was not going to kill me in Afghanistan. Uh, I had medics and stuff to tend to me, but these guys are just like, "Yep, I'm still pooping blood." And I'm in line for food. Yeah, about 10 feet away from one another. Yeah, yeah. Uh, King Henry wasn't dumb, and he knew he could not continue his campaign uh, with half his men uh, already out of the equation, you know. So he decided to withdraw to the English-held city of Calais. The problem being, of course, that in the six months that Henry is trapped uh, in a siege, it gave France a hell of a long time to get their shit together, muster their armies, put commanders in place march toward the threat is that enough time oh yeah i mean he, they're on home turf okay it's not like they have to say go across the english channel right uh they're next door 
I don't know. Uh, which brings us to the Constable of France, uh, Charles D'Albray. Uh, he massed together on 36,000 men uh, under his banner, which, big fucking army. Holy fuck. Yeah, uh, it, like awesome. I said, it helps. There's virtually no logistics involved because yeah. they're in France. Um, they marched out and blocked Henry's path to safety uh, to Calais, where he was going. Knowing he would have no choice but to buckle down and fight a far greater force, Henry brought his small army into a natural choke point. Henry was smart enough to know that Charles had enough people under his command to just swamp through his forces and overrun them immediately, uh, or surround them. Uh, so he positioned his army in between two thickets of, uh, of a very, very thick forest, right. uh, which... You can't set up formations. Uh, knights can't maneuver very well through it. A, a lot of it's cavalry. So, I mean, a forest might as well have been a wall. They're not going to march through it. Um, the land that Henry decided to form up was on a freshly plowed field. Ooh. Nothing special about that quite yet, uh, but it will end up becoming uh, the most effective weapon of the entire battle. <laughs> so, from my understanding, I know that from this could be off. I knew uh, I was told that the numbers were probably de- they're still debatable. On- yeah, yeah. Um, like most things uh, this old. Yeah, numbers are really hit and miss. The general agreed upon consensus numbers that the French brought around thirty thousand people. That's a shit ton. Yeah, and the the British had seven to six to seven thousand. Okay. Um, because they um, and most of them were badly sick, like diseased and just shitting their armor. So, I mean, it's, it's debatable, but what isn't debatable is what happened. Um, right. Because, you know, firsthand accounts vary really, really greatly. It's like when you, whenever you read firsthand accounts of, like, the Roman Empire, and they're like, oh, to God, and they're talking about wolf gods and stuff. This isn't real. Uh, you just have to take, you have to compile a whole bunch of different resources together. Hopefully someone smarter than you has already figured out, like, the middle ground here. Right. <laughs> which is how I live my life. Um, I have not produced a single bit of independent research on my own. It's always been uh, compiled shit of other people, which is pretty much how history works. Right. Uh, but yeah, everything is debatable. Just yeah. like uh, a- another person in this war, uh, Joan of Arc, uh, not at this battle, but in the Hundred Years' War, pretty much everything she ever did is debatable. Uh, but it's all pretty much, there's a certain amount of it that's generally considered true. Right. I just wanted to figure out what the, I guess, well, as you said, everybody agreed on a number, basically. Generally agreeable consensus is around 30,000 so, French. Cool. Less than 10,000 British. Um, now, once he settled down and began to prepare his positions, Henry had his army drive stakes into the ground, which is you know a proven measure to ward off cavalry attacks, which brings us to Henry's army on that fateful day. When most people think about medieval armies, you probably think of legions of knights on a horseback or something around that, right? I mean, that's what I would figure. I'm not, I don't, you know, my speciality is not medieval warfare. Right. Other than the video game, which is awesome. I loved it. Yeah. Um, well, Henry was sorely lacking in both of those things. He, had, he did have around 1,500 minute arms, which is what they were called. Uh, how many of them were actually knights is not known because while all knights were technically men at arms, not all men at arms were knights. Knights were nobility. Okay. So not all of them were nobles, which means some of their equipment wasn't as good um, because you, know, you, you had to pay your own for your own shit back then. Right. Um, these were heavily armored and armed men, but a lot of Henry's horses 
the things that these men-at-arms would be mounted on normally had died from disease at the siege or had starved to death, uh, been eaten, things like that. Oh, horse steak. I've eaten I've horse, before. horse before. It's pretty common in, uh, in most places in Western Europe. Yeah. I remember there was a huge problem, mostly France, but uh, there was a huge uproar uh, in England f- quite a few years ago. They found out like a lot of their meat had horse in it. <laughs> Is horse good? It's not bad. I mean, you, there, there's no discernible difference in my opinion. Okay. Uh, and I've eaten a lot of weird shit. I believe it. Um, Some of the shit I've heard is... I wouldn't go out of my way to order a horse steak, but like I'll eat anything once. Like I've eaten goat brains, wouldn't do it again, but I've checked the block and I've moved on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you live your life. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, they So the, the men at arms and the knights, um, which I'll call men at arms for the most part, because the vast majority of them were not nobility. Uh, they were the smallest part of Henry's army. The other 5,000 or so were archers. Uh, wow. <laughs> but they are the famed English longbowmen, to be more accurate. Um, Those guys got range in the game, too. Yeah, they did. They got really good range. Uh, so I while, wouldn't bring 5,000 of them, though. Uh, no, I would not. That would not <laughs> work terrible. in medieval Total War ever. Uh, while archers were thought of as the lowest of the low, when it came to honor on the medieval battlefield, the English longbowmen would end up becoming something of like a yield weapon of mass destruction. Now, as a lot of things throughout history, um, they're... Uh, their impact has been wildly misstated in a lot of cases. This is not one of them. Um, the Battle of Agincourt would be like the rising sun of their existence. They'd, the French would eventually learn how to counter them, but they hadn't quite figured it out, and they hadn't fought so many of them at once before. And everything that Henry did was to put the longbowman in a beneficiary position because he's not fucking stupid. Played into himself. And he right. realizes this is all he's got. Um, Smart. So a little about the longbow for people who are not uh, archery aficionados. I know I'm certainly not one. I've never fired a bow in my life. Um, but the longbowman stood a full fucking six feet tall, which is three inches shorter than me. Uh, That's an inch shorter than me. Yeah. He's uh, <laughs> fucking tall. And had a draw weight, or uh, for people who are not aware, the, a draw weight is the amount of weight you had to apply to pull the string back with one hand was 110 pounds. Uh, some claiming that they had uh, draw weights of 185 pounds. Fuck. So that's a fucking... think These of guys how, got lats. Think of how big Holy this shit. dude's arm that's is. Awesome. Just the one arm. Uh, yeah, just one arm. And, and I'm not the even fucking lying body. about yeah. that. They actually have archaeological evidence that it warped their bodies. Um, trying to fire these things as quickly and as accurately as possible is a lifetime worth of training. Archers would begin when they were kids, uh, and they would graduate to larger and more powerful bows as they age and got stronger. The English archers trained first uh, so hard for so long, their bodies warped and changed from all the tension. Experts can uh, actually pick out an archer's skeleton from anyone else's because of the deformities that their training would cause. The left arm would grow huge, and their wrist, arms, and shoulders would develop painful bone spurs over time. The fingers on their right hand would eventually uh, be limited to only the movement required to fire an arrow. And the VA said that is not service-connected. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, uh, these guys are just cripples that effectively operated a cannon correctly. <laughs> 
That's all they could do. It's like That's war. Cool. It's like Warhammer 40k shit. With like <laughs> <laughs> all like, oh yeah, we've put this guy's soul in this machine over here. He's in constant pain, but he's serving the king. <laughs> but he's a total badass yeah. with that arrow. What's that you said, Bill? Kill me! <laughs> yeah. Long live the emperor, sir. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> Bill's having a good time. Uh, the bow was so powerful that at certain ranges it could punch straight through plate armor, uh, like the same plate armor knights would be wearing. Um, you don't that say. was somewhat rare and would require the knight to be dangerously close. Uh, but at that point, I'd use it as a bat. I mean, six feet. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's not like the knight's gonna throw his goddamn sword at you. And he's not moving very fast. No, he's not. <laughs> I'll trip him. Uh, but anything below a fully armored knight was sure to be eaten alive by a cloud of arrows that a unit of longbowmen could put out. Uh, another thing is, these suits of armor that the normal everyday knights wore were not these super hulking tank ones that people are familiar with. There's a lot of gaps in the armor. Islets, joints, so they can move their arms right. and legs. Mobility. Yeah, those are the places the arrows would find. Oh, that's because always the worst. When you fire 5,000 yeah. fucking arrows into the air, they're going to find everything. Uh, now, Charles's French army could not be more different. Outnumbering Henry by tens of thousands were an army of men at arms and knights, including thousands of heavily armored cavalry. Uh, the French thought so little of the English archers that they discounted them entirely, saying that there was 10 French nobles against one. Because the only noble in uh, Henry's army was Henry. Ooh. The problem with having an army full of nobles and knights, though, is that they could not be controlled. All of the nobles demanded that Charles allow them to be part of the vanguard, or the, also known as the first unit to cross the field of battle. Because, here's the, key, here's the kicker here, the constable of France was not a noble. Meaning he technically outranked every noble who showed up, but he was not nobility, so they just fucking ignored him. <laughs> What's the point? Now, he was supposed to be in command of the army, and the nobles were supposed to listen to him as the constable of France. But as they got <laughs> he in... He doesn't have a title. They're just like, ah, fucking blow it off. He was... I'm, I did not look this up, but he was probably one of the highest ranking commoners or lower level nobility in the entire country. Uh, because he was supposed to command France's armies in the lieu of the king, who was, remember, bug fucking sane. Right. Uh, in his room, fucking his room up. Yeah, just for hitting, no reason. hitting things to the fucking stick. Yeah. Um, and he told them no. He, he tried to tell them no, because all these nobles, which are technically his chain of command, all wanted to be part of the first wave because they thought they were going to steamroll over this tiny British army. Whoever wants to be a part of the first wave? It's 36,000 on five. Still. <laughs> uh, they all ignored him. This had a, had a lot to do with normal honor of battle type shit, but also because there's a lot of money to be made in ransoming off captured soldiers back to their family, and they didn't want to miss out on any of that sweet cash, which is how the a POW prisoner exchange system generally worked back then. Commoners would be kind of slaughtered because you were worthless. Right. And uh, the men at arms and the nobles, um, they were thought of, well, you have to have a little cash laying around, so we're going to sell you back to your family. I would not hold my breath if they did that with my family. No, my I would my have fucking, definitely been stabbed yeah. immediately. I would look at him and go, don't even try, man. I don't know what the Detroit of England is, but like, where are you from? Like, Liverpool, like, 
fucking stab him. (laughs) Put him in the pile. Put him him in the death pile. Uh, uh, But the French weren't stupid, even if they were bloodthirsty. They knew they had the English cornered, blocking their only route to a friendly city, so they sat back and waited. Um, It was kind of like an open-air siege. They knew they weren't going anywhere. Uh, And they also knew they were short of supplies. In the meantime, it began pissing down rain. Turning their, Fuck, cho- that's the worst. turning their chosen battlefield of freshly plowed yeah. field into a slurry of mud. Thick-ass mud, too, it turns out. Henry knew his army was way better off on the defensive, but he could not wait for long. His army had been marching hard for weeks, and he was about out of food and water. Not to mention, they were all still passing around whatever horrible diseases they'd picked up from the siege. Um, so, when you have dysentery, you have to drink three times more water. You can't really stomach a lot of food, but you got to put in a lot more water than normal too, to try to not die of like dehydration. Right. So they were burning through their supplies right into their own pants at a frightening level. <laughs> um, so Henry had to roll those dice. He ordered his army to advance. Uh, he he broke camp and he got closer to the French army. He wanted to trick the French into thinking he was going to attack them the next day, no matter how insane that actually sounds. Anyone with a fucking brain would be like, they're not going to attack us, even though they moved a bit closer. So they broke camp, moved a little bit closer to him, set up camp again. Oh, I imagine how the soldiers felt. Fuck, we're jumping? (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Camping out in the night before battle, Henry was terrified his plan would go to shit, and Charles would simply order a surprise attack in the middle of the night. Uh. So he ordered his entire army to stay awake in total silence under pain of having a fucking ear cut off. Like what? If, if you say a word, I'll chop your goddamn ear off. That's a weird punishment. Oh, it gets worse. Across the battlefield, the French soldiers, so convinced in their, e- in their easy victory against these diseased freaks in the middle of the field. <laughs> All ha- I hear is splatter <laughs> and moaning. Oh, God. Oh, kill me. <laughs> What was that? I can't hear you. Attack us. Someone just come stab me in the face. (laughs) Uh, The French were having a party. They were were getting drunk so loudly and screaming out insults that their enemies could hear them. (laughs) We shit normal. (laughs) Imagine how disheartening it is. You're standing out in the rain, not allowed to sleep, shitting in your own armor as some guy in a very comfortable tent with all the food, water, and liquor he's ever wanted. Like, fuck you, buddy. (laughs) I hope they can really see him. And they come out with water and they go, oh, oh. And like, oh, I spilled water. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I can't hear you over the sound of all this food (laughs) and normal pooping. Uh, Good times. Another thing the French camp uh, that happened in the French camp while they were waiting out their English enemy. Every French noble with a group of soldiers under his command within a day's ride of the battle joined. They're like, hey, here there's an, a fight going on over in that Agincourt area. Let's go join it. It's like high school. Yeah, pretty much. It, it was kind of, yeah. So like fight in the quad. <laughs> yeah, everybody go. And like your friend who you didn't actually think was going to win now is totally beating the shit out of him. So you're yeah. like, it's joined in too. <laughs> yeah. but, like they thought they were just joining in on a goddamn mugging. Like they didn't think they were joining is, a battle. This is awesome. Uh so they all swamp Charles's area. Uh as nobles joined uh his army, arguments began to crap about who outranked who, as well as nobody's entirely sure how to deploy so many men in the first place. Because remember, most armies don't have thirty something thousand men in them. Right. And the army's command is completely spiraling out of the constable of France's control. <laughs> Imagine formations probably look sick as fuck. 
Yeah. Or just really unorganized. This is the part of the show I get to tell you, sure, now wait five minutes. All right. I usually uh, like that. Uh, the battle began because the French wanting to press their cavalry advantage charged. This was despite not being fully formed together or deployed correctly. Instead of a single formation as cavalry of, of what you would expect when you think of a knight or a fully armed cavalry charge or even a fucking charge of dragoons in like the 1700s, 1800s, yes. like joined together, uh, they just kind of randomly deployed themselves as they saw fit. So it's like a trickle of horsemen. Like, like they just saw the next. Oh, all right. I yeah, guess he's we're going. doing this. I guess yeah, we're doing it, this. It is like, so I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Um, it's called uh, uh, contagious shooting. Yes. So when you see like one yes. thing, everybody just opens. It's like contagious marching. Like, well, he's going. I'm going to go. Yeah. Um, it's really big. It happens all the time. It's virtually every firefight I was ever in. Oh, okay. What are you shooting at? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm shooting over there with everybody else. Um, that was when the archers unleashed a storm of arrows. Now, the knights are pretty well protected from the arrows at such a distance, but their horses only had armor over their heads. Uh, leaving the rest of their body open to be torn apart by incoming arrows. Rest in peace, horses. Big ups to what the horse. What were they thinking? They weren't. Horses look badass. I mean, cavalry is good, and cavalry yeah, charges great. are great at disrupt- uh, disrupting archers, but not on their own. Also, a formation of cavalry would have been much more effective, because these archers would have... In medieval, they're great. I mean, if you, if the 5,000 archers were unleashing arrows on 30,000 people, I'm going to say about half of them were mounted. That's still more than enough to overrun them. But that's not how it happened. It wasn't a formation of 15,000 knights. It was a little piss trickle of yeah. knights coming a little clumps at a time. They were really easily taken out. Um, but, you know, pour one out for the horses. They didn't deserve this. No. The horses probably weren't mean. Um, this sent the knights whose suits of armor weighed over 100 pounds splashing into the mud where they were quickly tied down wounded the panning horses turned and ran back through the advancing infantry crushing them what the- <laughs> <laughs> fuck this the horses i am out <laughs> many of the knights suddenly confused opened their eye slits to kind of see where they were going and they were probably shot right in the face by fucking as arrows as soon as they lifted it too like <laughs> other knights are taken down by arrows as they punctured their weaker joints with their armor eventually the knights retreated leaving behind thousands of infantry the minute arms slog through the mud, getting panicked and picked apart by arrows. Now, the mud, was, according to first-hand accounts, which are not obviously very, very old, uh, the mud was so thick that the small formation of soldiers uh, got like pinned down as they got pulled apart. So not everybody could muscle their way through the mud at the same rate as you'd want a marching formation to go in. So the formation of the men-arms kind of broke apart. Right. Kind of like the horses did, where you have three here, four there, one here. Um, so within the cramped confines of this field, it quickly broke down. Instead of one unit of 1,000 armored knights advancing, it was piecemeal. Small groups of men moved faster than others, and they grew fatigued from the uphill march towards the archers. By the time the French soldiers finally got to the English lines, they were tired, hung over from a night of drinking, and probably with one or two arrows <laughs> st- sticking out of them, and, and had absolutely no shape to fight. Uh, the French knights were singled out and beaten to death and hacked with axes or shot at close range. The archers were traveling so light that the mud didn't slow them down. So, like, as the, as the uh, French got close, the English men-at-arms would engage them one by one. And the archers would simply pick up their arrows, move 20 feet back. Because yeah. they're not weighed down at all. They're, yeah. we- they're wearing the littlest amount of armor possible. <laughs> That's awesome. 
And so the the French, uh, sorry, the English men at arms, fresher than shit, just watching these dudes like slug up all the way up these hills, just beat them to death if they showed up. <laughs> like, I think the worst part of it, what's mixed in the mud is shit. It, it's all like human. diseased Englishman yeah. poop, blood, yeah. and like horse fear so pee. You just fall and you're like, oh, oh, it's, oh. In, it's in my arrow wounds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Several of the English men-at-arms would gang up on a single Frenchman and drag him off behind the lines to ransom what? him off. Because remember, they wanted to sell the Frenchman too. <laughs> so it was, it was more like a giant kidnapping <laughs> fight. This is how war was. <laughs> In many occasions, pissed off English archers, no doubt shitting their pants uncontrollably from horrible dysentery, drowned French knights in the mud shit mixture after pushing them over. <laughs> Do <laughs> you think they were laughing about it too? I imagine you like because you know most of the knights are like, oh, I'm I'm I've fallen over. I'm probably gonna be ransomed off now. And some angry ass dude with a bow and arrow just turns you over and slowly pushes your face <laughs> into the mud. <laughs> like, no, no, not like this. <laughs> Kill <laughs> me. <laughs> when the French finally did get a formation together, they simply had too many men. Because uh, now the first couple waves have gone awfully, but like they still have thousands and thousands of men. Soldiers were packed so close together that when they got to the English line, they couldn't even lift their fucking weapons to attack them. As more French soldiers joined in the attack, the ones stuck in the front could not retreat. The ones in the back back were literally pushing soldiers in front of them in an attempt to add their weight to an advance, when in reality they were just pushing more and more of their comrades into a slaughter they couldn't even see. It's like the first row of a concert that gets crushed by. Yeah, the- it's called a human crush. Yeah, uh, like it's killed hundreds of. It's so their formation. Uh, since I try to link every single one of our episodes to a Simpson episode, if you remember when Mr. Burns went to the doctor and he had so many diseases, yes, he tried to push him through episode. the door. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. They just canceled out. Yeah, they just canceled out. Uh, except getting canceled, out, they just get hacked to death by angry, angry Englishmen on the other side of the line. <laughs> I can't, uh, can't reach you with my weapon. <laughs> so you have soiled me. I mean, they're imagine the front line trying to get their weapon up, but they're just like pinned in, and they just know they're about to get their face caved in with an axe. Like, <laughs> like when you try or to salute in shit water. When you try to salute, and your formation is too close, and you accidentally elbow someone in the head because you're right. way taller than them. Yeah, story of my entire military. I do career. that all the time. So many men were pushing against another, and a human crush effect uh, for the soldiers trapped in the middle happened. They suffocated an unknown amount of French soldiers in their own armor who were so stuck in the middle of the formation they could not even drop dead. Their body just got carried uh, along. <laughs> so imagine you're an uh, English soldier, uh, a man-at-arms, waiting for your turn to stab somebody, and like, oh, there it is. Is he fucking dead? He, he just comes up to the front of the formation, just, uh. just falls face first. I didn't do that. That one counts. That one's mine. <laughs> yeah. What's all this then? I didn't even get a chance to stab him. Uh, it was somewhere in the middle of this growing pile of corpses that the commander of the French, Charles, the constable of France, was killed. We, wow. don't, we don't know how. Probably in the pile. I assume he was like just smothered to death with other soldiers. Yeah. At one point, Henry learned his brother, the Duke of Gloucester. Glou- Gloucester? Uh, I don't know England. I don't know your town names. It's pronounced Gloucester. Uh, had been wounded somewhere on the line, and he quickly rode over to protect him. For his troubles, he was smashed in the head with an axe, breaking his crown in half, but he survived. (laughs) Towards the end of the battle, Henry received word that his supply train to the rear of him was being attacked. 
suddenly afraid they were being outflanked. Because, I mean, during all this, Henry was never under the impression that he was winning. He kind of figured he was going to be pinned down, strong, and destroyed. Yeah. No. Uh, so he assumed they were finally making the flanking motion and coming up at his rear. Uh, so Henry ordered all of the French prisoners to be killed on the spot because he had now taken so many fucking prisoners. They now outnumbered him. And he was afraid. Holy shit. So he was afraid the prisoners would come to the conclusion like, wait, we could just punch these guys and take <laughs> yeah. them over. Because uh, now the English soldiers were exhausted. So uh, it was now it was considered I'm a sure bit they of. They were exhausted when they started. No, the English, yeah, for the most part, mostly yeah, from all the pooping. Shitting themselves. Uh, while this is considered a violation of chivalry, uh, the knights in Henry's ar- to the knights in Henry's army who did not want to take part, the archers had no problem at all <laughs> stabbing <laughs> them all, making fun of me, you fuck. <laughs> and like the archers were, weren't really normally taken. So if the archers had been captured, if they did uh, give, if they were given the privilege to like live, they'd get their fingers cut off on their art on their pulling hand on their bow so they could not be an archer anymore. the movie Sniper? I mean, that happens a lot throughout history, but yeah. I've never seen the movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay, well. Like, it, okay. It happens a lot, okay. uh, but uh, if you were to be ransomed off back to your family, like if you're a rich one, um, they would make sure you could not be an archer against them ever again, and they'd cut off, I believe it was your middle and forefinger, so you couldn't pull a bow anymore. So they, they weren't real happy with knights. They took their opportunity to stab them directly in their eye slits. Ugh. And like another thing that happened during that huge human crush is like, you know, obviously uh, wearing a tin fuck or you know a steel suit, tin suit, aluminum suit of armor, wearing a fucking suit of metal is very very hot. So a lot of the French soldiers started just dying of heat stroke. Jesus, <laughs> in the middle, of it too. in the middle of battle. Uh, <laughs> I mean. Also, could you imagine, uh, like, Henry trying to tell his army to execute all these people? He's like, hmm, i got to find a loophole in the, sh- in the chivalry thing. Hey, you archers, you want to stab some knights? They're like, fuck yeah, I want to stab some <laughs> yeah. knights. Chivalry loophole, baby. <laughs> After three hours of endless fucking slaughter. You have so many options to die in this field. Yeah, I mean, roll the dice, man. How do you want to die? Do you want, do you want to get stabbed in the face with an arrow, beat to death, axed, ran over by your own horse? Drowned in shit. <laughs> Drowned in shit water? Fucking sweat to death? Yeah. Sky's the limit! This is, I think this is the most options I've seen. On- yeah. Normally, it's either just get shot or exploded. Yeah. So Drink a- break. After three hours of endless... This went on for three hours of endless slaughter. Henry look, looked around and saw he'd lost somewhere between 100 and 600 men. Really? That's it. That's pretty good. On a giant pile of death in front of him, however, included 11,000 dead Frenchmen, many of whom were nobility. More than that, uh, so France lost its constable, you know, its commander, yeah. admiral for whatever reason, what? master crossbowman, and its grand marshal all in one battle. All See, very high ranking people. Times are- have you ever been in medieval times? I have. So, dude, I went to medieval times. I think in so I was in middle school because uh, you know growing up in Michigan, Chicago isn't very far away, um, and we went to a class trip to Chicago on a bus. And so we went to medieval times. Only time I've ever been there. Uh, I went for a class trip too. So. I think that's the only reason anyone ever goes to medieval times. So I would totally fucking go again. But like, is they there had, any around here? No, I don't think so. Okay, there's well, only like a dozen or so in the entire country. <laughs> there was one, I think, like maybe two hours away from my school, and we went. It almost got canceled because there's a fight on the bus, but we still went. It's so. a very LA reason for it to get canceled. 
I was I didn't live in LA at the time. So all the knights, all the knights lining up for uh, to joust, and someone in the crowd just fucking sprays them with handgun fire. (laughs) (laughs) This is uh, this is not from the time period. Oh god damn it! Are the LA kids here again? Last time this happened, somebody stabbed a knight and tagged him with blood graffiti. <laughs> he asked what set he was in. <laughs> um, and mine, nothing like weird happened, except you know they had like weird medieval type names for all the food and drinks and everything. And, <laughs> and I was like peppering him with so many obnoxious questions. Like that poor dude, like some Renfair reserve guy, just trying to earn money on the and weekends. Then some asshole kid. I mean, I was what fourteen. I didn't know what the. F- I didn't have any sympathy for service workers. No teenager did. Anybody calls me out for it, you're fucking lying because all teenagers suck. But I was like, oh yeah, what's this? What's this? What's this? Because it was like a turkey leg. He's like, it's a dragon's leg or it's a griffin's leg what? or something. Yeah. And he like he's like, what do you want to drink? I'm like, uh, Mountain Dew. What's that? He's like, it's dragon piss, kid. Shut the fuck up. And he walked away. Oh, that's fucking and, awesome. And like my teacher's sitting r- right next to me. He's like, you deserve that, Joe. <laughs> I was like, yep. I'll shut up now. That's awesome. That's pretty great. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to drink soda as a kid, so. I wasn't either. That's why I did it at school. Lucky. <laughs> we had milk in a bag. What, are you Canadian? No, I'm dead serious. They gave us milks in, like, square bags. In school? In school. That's weird. And Normally, we had to puncture it, but I found out we just, all we did was bite the corner and just. <laughs> just play suck slap it. the bag with yeah. milk. <laughs> You're fucking Mick Poyle from Always Sunny. <laughs> no, don't. We had square pizza, rectangle pizzas. Oh, yeah, we definitely had those. Very greasy. Yeah. Uh, we are. I think our school lunch options were Bosco sticks, which were like cheese-filled breadsticks, and pizza, and that was pretty much it. That sounds terrible. Yeah, my school had a crippling obesity rate. We just had the pizza. God, is that all we had? Do we eat that every day? <laughs> Fuck, we might have. <laughs> Explain so much. <laughs> is that what? Whenever you come over, like, what do you want to eat? Like, oh, pizza or burritos? I'm like, Fuck. <laughs> I don't want to eat that again. I mean, it's easy. It's right there. Mainly, I just get the burritos. I, I feel like at this point, it's just an, a, an urge for you to always have pizza on hand at any given time. I don't eat as much pizza. <laughs> you, I think you eat more than I do. I feel like if I grew up only eating pizza for lunch every day, I would have been very turned off from the concept of pizza. I haven't had pizza. In so The last time I had pizza was when you ordered it. That was at the book launch. Because I ordered oh, pizza fuck. for everybody. Yeah. Expensive pizza. Yeah, it wasn't that good either. It's like I'm turned off from ever eating Hamburger Helper ever again. Cause Same. Because like, uh, my mom, would she had three kids to make dinner for every night, being a single mom, and Hamburger Helper is incredibly cheap. So she would just make whatever flavor of Hamburger Helper she found, chuck it all in a pot, and put like some American slices on top. Like, dinner. And I ate that for like 17 years. <laughs> I will not touch that my shit My mom at least again. tried. My mom didn't have enough fucking time to try. Her, <laughs> by the time it got to her third kid, her give a fuck was thoroughly broken. At my mom's fifth kid, she was like, you know what? Fuck, Jesus Christ. <laughs> she was Did like, she give you birth in litters? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how <laughs> Mexicans do it. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure at one point when me and my brother were fighting, she was like, you know what? If one of you just died, that'd make life so much easier. <laughs> oh, shit. Like, I was like, well. <laughs> I think she was just hoping the LAPD would take care of that for her. LA County. We were in LA County at the time. So the LA County Sheriff. Yeah, it's very, it's a lot worse. (laughs) 
It, but LAPD, they, they shared. They shared our block, I think, because I saw both of them all the time. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so back, uh, there's no way to, there's no way to segue that back to the show. Uh, but so after all those people died in the French military chain of command, that would be like if somehow um, the U.S. military lost its attorney general, chief of staff, and secretary of defense all in one battle somehow. Yeah. France managed that. Um, I'm still puzzled. The on in, how the, now the impact of the battle was complex. Um, it definitely did not end the war, uh, but Henry returned to England. Uh, his goal the whole time, after losing half his army uh, to shit-related death, uh, but his dynasty was secure. I'm sure he was confused as fuck returning back. Like how the Fran- the French figure like- out, the the French snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Um, well, the massive losses in the battle caused an even bigger fracture in the French royalty. Uh, eventually, the Duke of Burgundy would march on Paris, uh, but, and, but the war would continue for several more decades because it's the you know, Hundred Years' War. Um, but it is, con- it is considered one of the most embarrassing French defeats in military history, uh, even more so than the invasion of France in World War II mm. um, okay. bec- because they were actually yeah. supposed to win this one. So, I'm sure if we can go on YouTube, we could probably find some dudes trying to recreate it. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I, I want to know if there's, like, someone trying to water a field somewhere. Like, no, the mud isn't the right consistency. <laughs> this isn't accurate. Oh, fuck. You I know, know people they that fucking do exist. that. God you know they it. do. Yeah, I do know. <laughs> so, like, that's not quite... I want to know if the British reenactors, like, purposely contaminate all their food with shit particles so they can catch dysentery. <laughs> Just talking to the... Because at public events, we talk to kids and families on... The uniforms we wear and what happened at the time. All right, I imagine they're probably sitting down shitting themselves. Oh, so. So let me tell you a little bit about my symptoms, kids. Yeah. My butthole burns. And I haven't <laughs> kept down solid food in weeks. All right. Uh, class, let's go to the next uh, exhibit here. What are you doing? I'm drowning a man in shit water. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As you this can was, see. This was a bad plan. Yeah. My... Our, our, you know, I actually enjoyed our uh, little public events sometimes. I feel like that's the only good way. That's the only thing that reenacting is it could be used for good, because it, you know, there's, I don't know, there's probably some amount of like Frenchmen who, uh, who do reenactment for this, and they're just monarchists, and they just miss the day they had a king, <laughs> <laughs> even though that was hundreds of years ago. <laughs> like you know, they fucking exist. No, they do. I know it. Trust me. Oh my god. So many stories. <laughs> oh, they're all so good. Uh, so that is the Battle of Agincourt. Um, shit-related death and axes to the face. Long story short. Um, so our one-year anniversary as a, as a show is coming up. Uh, we're going to be doing a Q&A. Uh, ask us anything you want, history-related or otherwise. Try to you know, keep it down. We link to history. It's what we're about. Uh, you can or say, don't. Yeah, whatever. We don't really care. Um, I look forward to more cosplay stories. Um, at this point, we got to do a whole fucking episode about this I think shit. we should. Honestly, we really should. Um, you can send them to the show's Twitter at lines underscore by, or you can email me at jjkasabian at gmail.com. Uh, there's new designs on our Teespring store, our lines led by donkey store. You can find the link on our Twitter or just, Google Teespring lines led by donkeys. Got a whole bunch of new shirt designs. If you feel what we are doing is worth a dollar, 
go ahead and donate to us on Patreon. All that goes to server costs, book costs, costs of paying our long-suffering producer now, Nate. Uh, God bless his service. Did he enjoy the last episode? He said it wasn't that bad, which shocked me. That's awesome. Um, also goes to uh, hiring designers for come up for shirts, since neither one of us are good at Photoshop. Um, buy my book, Citizen of Earth. It came out last week. Uh, I hear it's okay, and also I'd like to pay my mortgage. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at jcast99. Follow Nick. Nick Cast M1. And for the one or two times a week that he might tweet something. Yes. Uh, for everybody else, we'll see you next week. Later.